Hey, Jenny Jam here. Got a video? Tag us at Fret Sisters. Or you can email us at fretsistersmusic at gmail.com. And we're on Facebook and Instagram at Fret Sisters. So don't forget to hit that follow button so you can catch up on all the latest topics, tea, and interviews. Peace. Hello, good people. This is Nicole Rose. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Between Frets, a space where female musicians who play stringed instruments meet and discuss all things music. We have a phenomenal show for you today. We have Michelle Hackman. She has played with Eminem, Troy Savon. She's played, she has cinematic experience as well via IMAX. She's played with the Trans-Siberian Orchestra. I'm going to say that again for people who may be in the back. That is the Trans-Siberian Orchestra. She's traveled the world um, and for me a very nostalgic part of her bio and my college roommates can attest to this. I was a huge WWE fan and she was the cello teacher for none other than China. I'm so stoked about that. But that is just a sprinkling or a dusting of her accomplishments. We'll get into more in what she's doing and what she's done. But for right now, thank you so much for being here, Michelle. How are you? I'm doing great. You make me sound so fancy. <laughs> <laughs> you are. You are. I mean, just you've accomplished so much and that is so thank amazing. you thank you very much you're welcome but just mentioning just some of the things that you that you've done was there like a five-year-old michelle in her room dreaming of orchestras and orchestra pits and traveling the world or was there anything else you wanted to do at that age um yeah i think when i started out i i had a i, I mean as most kids do i had kind of like a simpler version of what the music world ended up being when I grew a little bit older and started working. Um, I definitely had this idea of like wanting to be in orchestras and, you know, kind of seeing the world that way and playing classical music and everything. And as I got older, uh, I, you know, my, my desires changed based on uh, like the kind of work that helps you make a living, of course, like practical reasons, but also I just um, like I, I found that the contemporary music world had more like minded people for me than the classical world did. So, yeah, I can I mean, I can understand that. But at, even at a very young age, the classical did was your house just filled with classical music or is this something that you sort of your ear sort of trained to yourself? Oh, that was totally me. <laughs> yeah, I, I, my, uh, my, my mom, like, she, once she kind of figured out what I was into and what I was sort of gifted at, she, uh, she did a really good job at like pointing me to the right recordings. I, I think she like asked people, like she found people and asked them what I should be listening to. But like, ni neither of my parents were professional musicians, and no one else that I knew in my family ever did anything like that. So it was very much something that I discovered on my own. Oh my goodness, it's very rare for musicians to not come from musical families. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so did you find it more difficult? I know your parents were all for it, but did you find it more difficult it's like in school with friends, especially being classical, to have people to, you know, be around that understood what you wanted to do? Oh, yeah, man. There was like, there were times where I remember from an early age, like wanting to jam and no one would jam with me. Like, <laughs> even like in the classical music world, like people just don't do that. And so I had this, I had this like big love of music and this really free spirit 
um, you know, I wanted to just explore as much about music as I could. And I kind of, it took me a little while to find my people, so to speak. <laughs> I, I definitely understand that. So was it always the cello or did you, you know, bounce viola, violin, bass? Did you, did you, all, that was your instrument and you stuck with it? Yeah, I, I so I like landed on cello when I was 12, um, 11 years old, 12 years old. So kind of like late in the game. But before that, I played like flute and violin and a little bit of jazz guitar. And it was a whole bunch of stuff. And then I kind of just settled on cello in high school, mostly based on like what my high school had available kind of thing. But it was actually um, actually the the way that I started playing cello is kind of a funny story. So I was in a junior high orchestra. I was playing violin with my best friend and there were no cello players. And the teacher was like, does anyone want to play cello? And my friend, without ever talking about this with me, was like, oh, Michelle and I'll do it. And <laughs> it ended up becoming my career. I mean, it, it would have been anything like I know in my heart I'm a musician. So but like it just ended up being cello because of some weird like thing that happened with my friend oh hey well that was a good thing she <laughs> she stood up for you both and <laughs> yeah right <laughs> so you took it from 12 on and I read that you went to Berkeley and you have your bachelor's in music in cello from Bob Cole uh, conservatory did were you yeah that's were right. you playing all through high school did you ever take any breaks before you went to college or was it always music all the time oh I was obsessed yeah it was especially in the early years you know it's hard when you i think the fact that like my family wasn't musical was actually a really good thing for me because it was such a pure connection and everything was so new and so novel and you know i don't know if this has been your experience but like you have to have pretty thick skin to be in the music yes. world and <laughs> i was totally protected from that for like the four or five years when i was in high school and i just i came home and like the first thing i did pretty much every day was pick up my cello and like my parents never had to like tell me to practice or anything like that it was always like you know finding recordings and like i was also i was also interested in like what little alternative cello playing there was at the time like when I was a kid, um, Apocalyptica was like really cool because it was cello, but it wasn't orchestral. Yeah. I mean, in the same sense, it was like metal. And I wasn't super into metal, but I thought it was cool that it was like something else you could do. So that was really inspiring for me. And I would just, yeah, like every wake up in the morning early until I until I went to bed at night, I was like pretty much just thinking about music. I did orchest youth orchestras. I did, uh, my high school had like, a bunch of different ensembles. I was really lucky. I went to a really good high school. So, so yeah, I just, it was like total immersion. That's great. Especially nowadays where they're cutting so much of the music programs and arts in general. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So you mentioned one bit, was there, I understand the classical, but did you ever, when you were learning, what were some of the artists that you listened to maybe mingle in with the classical back then that inspired you? Oh wow. Well, that's a good question. Cause I feel like a lot of what I listened to, and that's still, tr it's still true today. Like a lot of what I listen to has nothing to do with classical music. Like I've always been into like top 40 stuff. I've always been into, um, I don't know, like groove based music. I I've always been into like even choral music to a certain degree. Like I've, I've have a pretty wide palette of taste. So like, I feel like, um, I don't know, think of something specific. Uh, I, my mom really liked this guitarist, Eva Cassidy, so I listened to her a little bit and I think that was like, when I was taking guitar lessons I had to transcribe a lot of her like picking patterns, so 
um, like I haven't released a whole lot of it yet, but in a lot of like the songwriting that I do with my cello, I pluck the cello kind of like Eva used to pluck the guitar. So I have a lot of like finger plucking on on the cello and stuff like that. Oh, wow. Um, so like that sort of seeped into my playing. You know, when I was at Berkeley, there was like a lot of stuff that I did that was more like groove based. Like I had to record drums and like write a bass line and I couldn't find people sometimes. So I had to like learn how to do that stuff myself. So I think and that's something that I'd love to start seeing more in my own music as well as like more groove based stuff, uh, like rhythm section kind of stuff. It's really fun for me. Oh, yeah, we definitely need it because that's something different. Achella's doing that. Hey, that's definitely something. Different. Oh, yeah. And in, in all of that. Were, were you playing in any school plays? Were you doing any gigs on the side? Or what were you doing to get out there in front of the people, you know, to play? Um, initially, it was like a lot of orchestral stuff. So like basically until I would say like 2012 was when I got my bachelor's from from uh, the Bob Cole Conservatory. It was pretty much all classical. And I every once in a while, I'd get called by like a singer songwriter who needed someone for like a couple show dates. But it was never something where I was I had a really big creative involvement. Like there was no creative investment at all. It was kind of like these people would tell me what to play or kind of feed me what they wanted to hear. And um, it was actually through that process where I, I started to kind of be like, yeah, that sounds good, but like, what about this? <laughs> like, I think this might work better. You know what I mean? Because like a lot of people don't play cello, so they don't really know what it can do. So it's nice when you do have the classical training, you actually do have tools for improvisation because you have this like big palette of techniques. So that was kind of how I got into like more alternative stuff too, is eventually, like when I graduated, you know, work, I, I live in LA. So work out in LA is pretty much like singer songwriters, pop music, recording sessions, that kind mm -hmm. of stuff. I was going to ask you that you kind of touched on it, like being, because I know you read music, Berkeley and Conservatory, I know you read music. Were you self-taught mm -hmm. in doing that? And do you feel like that may have been a hindrance to your growth in spontaneity and improvising oh, over the music? <laughs> <laughs> I, I was definitely, definitely an obstacle. Yeah, I, I feel like, um, yeah, I, and I like, I totally admit when I first started learning and I was, I was like a classical music snob at first because I really didn't get it. And I, I didn't get how much more like musical integration your brain has when you're a good improviser. So like when I started to do it myself, I, I realized that I really did have a lot of limitations in certain ways. Like, Technique wise, I didn't really like I could play whatever I wanted, but the problem was I just couldn't like generate new ideas. That was really hard. So yeah, if there's any like string player, classically trained string players out there, like when you start learning improvisation, it's a totally different part of the brain. And it, that was like a really big struggle for me, actually. And I'm still learning like, you know, it was it was not what I learned first. It, it really became intentional much later on. Um, so yeah, I would say it definitely limited me for sure. Yeah, I understand. You know, as a guitarist, you know, improvisation is sort of a struggle for everyone because you get used to play this scale and it comes like, you know, robotic. Mm -hmm. What tips, maybe yeah. what did you do to break out of that? Um, so uh, actually the, the cool answer, the cool thing about the answer is that I just learned to play like a guitar player. <laughs> like when you're a guitarist, you're seriously like... Um, so cello, one of the reasons cello is like so hard to learn improvisation on is because when we learn scales, 
we learn scale patterns like uh, if you're a classical musician you'll probably know what i mean like there are different um scale patterns for classical scales yeah. versus um yeah like uh uh i don't know how, what you would say like improvising i guess um like cello especially because the intervals between the strings are a fifth but the, our hands are like can't cover five notes at once um the the like uh what do you call it? The fingering pattern is in threes. So you move diagonally across the fingerboard, which you can't really do when you're trying to play in tune and improvise. So um, the solution that like a lot of cellists um, have arrived at, and it's the same one for me, is that you can't cover all the notes at once. You just can't. So um, like one of the guys that I studied with at Berkeley, uh, he his name's Rob Thomas. He's a really, really amazing violin player. And he also taught himself cello and bass and all this stuff. <laughs> And he has what he calls it is he calls it windows. So like uh, if I'm let's say I'm in like third position on the cello in my left hand, I have F, G, A flat and then I skip B or B flat, you know, and I go straight to C, which is the next string up. So, so you have these like really kind of narrower windows. And I spent a lot of time like studying what windows work well on what scales because of the chord tones that I'm hitting. So like it, it was really analytical for me at first, but but like I did it enough that it's become sort of second nature now. But yeah, that was like that was the creative solution is you just have to like limit your your I guess palette at any given moment. Um but you can still like there's so much you can do even with that, you know? Yes, yes. I find classical so difficult. Like I'm going back to school now and they say classical jazz, jazz please. I can't do Please, <laughs> you won't get all the props for doing classical, I, I promise you. So what do you consider your style now, if you have one, it's just a mesh of everything? Um, uh, That's like a great question because I don't know, but I am having like little glimpses of it. And I think it's funny because like one of the styles that came out, like I, I never picked it, you know what I mean? It just kind of like happened and I, I happened to do a lot of it was... Uh, like the singer songwriting like almost like guitar style but just like writing like the songs just come out and I I didn't pick how they they got to sound it's just like I guess it's just like what I listen to at the right time kind of thing so like I've gotten Joni Mitchell a couple times oh, wow. um, but I think like my my aim in the future is to have a little bit more of like an electronic element and I, I really want to make it smart. Like that's my biggest thing is I do want it to be pop and contemporary and, but I really want it to be structured, intelligent music. And I, maybe that's just because of my classical upbringing, but like, you know, how the music is laid out, how it's constructed, if there's like themes that you can kind of hear, like hidden stuff, you know? So um, I don't know, we'll, we'll kind of see what it turns into. I think it's going to be pretty poppy, contemporary kind of stuff so far <laughs> I love it like I just in the concentration like I say it's not to harp on but classical players such as yourself and others it just seems so flawless but in your face sometimes you can tell you're thinking where you want to go and but it still comes out so seamless I'm like how are they doing this mm -hmm. and, I mean in your mind when you're playing this are you are you someone to like someone who lets their mind go and, and plays or do you think of everything that you're wanting to do um, I, well, lately I've been really trying to, uh, rely on my intuition. So I really try to shut the analysis off when I play. Okay. Um, but a lot of people struggle with that. And I think, you know, when you're really like one of, one of the joys for me about watching other people that I really love, like, 
you know, when I was at Berkeley, like almost every week they'd have a new guest artist come in and there were some really, really amazing people that I got to see. And I think the sort of like height of mastery is when you can really let go of that, um, like analytical mind. Um, like one of the guys that I, I like really put an effort into this. Like I studied with the, uh, this guy named Kenny Warner. You probably know who Kenny mm -hmm. Warner is. If, if you don't know who Kenny Warner is, he's a jazz pianist. Yes. Um, and he, he's somewhat of like a musical, like kind of irreverent Zen Jewish <laughs> dude from New York that who like, he's really funny and he, he kind of jokes around, but like his core message is one of just like being effortless when you play and just trusting that your body and your, the, the like intuition of your mind really kind of knows what to do. And so I've, I've really tried to like step into that intuition because I feel like there's a lot of power there. You just have to trust it, you know? Definitely, definitely. As Peggy Lee said, there is power in silence. I don't know if you know who she is. She was a singer mm -hmm. back in the day. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So you mentioned your music. Are you planning on doing any solo projects at all? Yeah, that's like m mainly what I'm focusing on right now. I'm spending a lot of time kind of like deciding things artistically before I jump in because I really want it to be like whatever I decide, I want it to be sustainable. But um, yeah, I'm like, I'm starting out with a, a couple like Billie Eilish covers and I'll be doing um, like I have a solo project. It was actually from last summer that I just, I couldn't get like a good video together and I want to make sure like the video looks good. Um, so I will definitely be releasing stuff coming up soon and hopefully releasing like I, I want to try to go for like one thing a month and see if I can keep that up oh that is awesome definitely looking forward to that now that you've worked with Eminem and, and Troy and many others and also cinematic realm as well or did you have success in music right away or when did it hit you that okay I'm actually doing this I'm actually having doing the dream that you know the little girl dreamed of I mean when did that hit you that doing it oh well okay so probably like if we're just talking like sheer excitement yeah. there was totally meta moments when I was playing with Eminem like <laughs> that that was the first time in my career where I was kind of like 12 year old Michelle is so stoked right now <laughs> like it wasn't even me on stage it was like it was like I, I mean I listened to Eminem as a kid and and I, I remember hearing lose yourself mm -hmm. And I was like, that is my life. Like I am a musician and that's what I, that's what I dream of like every day. And to actually like be on stage, it was, it was when, it was actually when that song came on and we were playing Lose Yourself. I was like, this is, this is pretty much the dream. And uh, to get to that point, yeah, I, I, I worked so hard. Like I can't even, I lost sleep. I. I had like several, probably not not several, but like a couple moments in the career where I was like totally overwhelmed, you know, like a couple. There was one time where I was so overworked. I was working like seven days a week. I was also teaching. So I had a, I had a studio of maybe like 10, 15 kids just to like supplement the income. Mm -hmm. And then I was also that was like I was in the middle of taking jazz lessons with a with a saxophone player because I want I really wanted to learn to improvise like a horn player you know what I mean and and so I was pushing myself really really hard and um, there was one moment where I <laughs> I got a packet of music for a church gig this was like Friday night and I get a packet of music for a church gig on Sunday and and I made the mistake of going like oh this is a church gig like I'll be able to read it it'll be easy so. Friday night, I take out the music, and it's like the hardest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> 
And I just had this moment where my body just like, it just shut down. And I, I was like, I need to just sit on the couch and just like sweat it out. Because <laughs> there were, you know, there were moments where I just like, I felt like I couldn't take anymore, but I made myself sit down and do the work. And it was actually in those moments where I pushed myself past that limit where I, I found a lot of strength and I found a lot of, um, I found like I had a cr increased capacity for working too. It's like the more I added on, I would be stressed for a little, but then after that, it was like, I could take on a lot more. So, so yeah, I, it, it was like, it was a little bit of both. To answer your question, it was a little bit of both. There were definitely elements of where like, wow, I'm living this dream moment, but to get there, it was, it was a lot of really hard work and a lot of kind of like lonely nights, you know? Mm -hmm. So definitely, yeah. definitely. And we've all been there. You're, you're stressed, yeah. you're working, you get some music. I'll be fine. You look at us, oh my God, what is this? <laughs> you don't know what to do. <laughs> we, have, we have all been there for sure. So now, I mean, since music has pretty much been your life, what do you do when the music is, when it's silent? What do you do then? How do you, how do you relax? What do you do to de-stress and declutter your mind and everything? Mm, I think... Well, okay. I, I, I'm a really analytical person by nature. So like, even if I stop doing music, I'm, I'm trying to figure something out. Like, like I really like baking cause it's kind of like a chemistry. So like lately I've been, um, baking, like my boyfriend is from Scandinavia and he hasn't been home for a while. So I'm like getting recipes from his mom and I'm trying to like cook these like Scandinavian desserts. I don't know. It's, <laughs> it is what it is. I, I read a lot too. So like I'll, I'll pick up a book and like lately I've been studying a lot about psychology. So it's like, it, it's always something like I'm always trying to figure out something, but the problem is like, I don't want to get too like far away from music. So I, sometimes I have to like use you know, a lot of discipline and get myself back on track. <laughs> I understand. Yeah. I understand. But usually, surprisingly, or not surprisingly, many of the guests say the same thing. It's like, even if they're not doing anything, they can hear like a heater come on. So that's D flat. I mean, oh, no, no, sorry. I didn't mean to do that. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yep. It's crazy. It's crazy how the mind works. So for young and old, because like I'm older going back to school for music, what I mean, even mm -hmm. the younger ones, what advice would you give to people? Because you say you worked hard, it's pretty much consumed your life for a long time. How would you advise yeah, them yeah. to get into music? What advice would you give them? The good, the bad, the ugly, whatever? Um, hmm. Well, advice, just, I mean, the, the biggest advice that I can give is just keep doing it. Like, I, I know that sounds so simple, but there are times where you are gonna want to quit because of like so many different reasons like maybe you have like self-sabotaging -sab things inside where like you don't think you deserve it or you see other people that are successful external stuff like all of a sudden like you're really broke and you can't afford your studio space anymore and like you have a cramped little apartment to practice in like I've been through all that stuff you know and you have to forgive yourself when you come to those times where you feel like you can't work because you have some sort of block in your life. Like it's it's not there to take you away. It's there to to you know remind you that there's other stuff to work on in life besides music. Like I I I'm a musician, but like I'm really content with myself. And I I've spent a lot of time like 
Like music was sort of the analogy or like the metaphor for this like journey through life. It really could have been anything, but I feel like I took the time to make sure that I was okay and I was healthy first. And that really helps with all the obstacles that sort of like come along the way. So whatever you have to do to like work on yourself and just keep doing it and don't feel stress. You know what I mean? If you, if you feel stress or if you feel like pressure, that's a sign to like work on yourself figure out what's going on there's so many like smart people in the world that are there to help you um like there's a book that i read called it's called stop self-sabotaging it's actually like a really cool tool so if you feel like you're having a hard time practicing you don't know why like check that book out there's a bunch of other ones like it and there's a lot of like there's a lot of like actual like specific work you can do to help with that so yeah i mean that's my biggest piece of advice is like just don't stop like you love it and you deserve it and you got to figure it out so that you can change people's lives and, and help them you know do you feel this ever too late to start oh no I, I think I think music like music is one of those things where you can get lost in it no matter what age and especially like you know you I feel like listening to music and loving it is still practicing. Mm -hmm. Like I would say a good half of my practicing is just like turning on like YouTube or Spotify and just like listening to new stuff too. And you, you do internalize that stuff. So like, even if you come to it late in life, you still know what you like and you know what you want to explore. And I feel like that, that is this like gem that not everybody has. So carving out that gem and kind of like polishing it it's it's really helps if you're like if you're doing because you love it you're already like 10 steps ahead you know yes I'm so happy you said I have a, a young cousin who's 19 and he's just now getting into music he plays the piano and his mother's always complaining all he does is listen to music all day I'm like well <laughs> leave him alone he can be doing work yeah yeah really like that's that's a great quality I mean you're asking the people that are pretty biased but like I think that's a great quality exactly. um there was a there's a teacher at Berkeley I'll share this story because I feel like it can maybe help it's it's like applicable to this so I studied with this uh pianist named Alan Malay uh I'm probably saying that wrong but he told me a story about one of his students who, oh, is he a student? No, I think he's a professor at Berkeley. He didn't start playing until his mid-20s. Oh my goodness. And he, and he achieved a great level of success. And, and it all had to do with like the investment of time, the quality of your interests, and like the, the like, don't be afraid to be a nerd. Like, mm -hmm. totally nerd out. Go with it. Like, you have to feed the, the fire that you have. And um, yeah, I, I just feel like you know, don't worry about what people think, especially when you're starting out. There can be some a little bit of nervousness when you're older because, like, you feel really self-conscious. The skills, the music skills that I've learned in my older age, I've been way more self-conscious about than I was when I was oh, younger. Really? But, oh, yeah, like, when I started learning improvisation and stuff, I was always, like, such a huge critic of myself because I knew I'd grown up with my friends who played jazz and I grew up with my friends who wrote amazing songs and I knew what a good song was, but I didn't let myself go through. And initially I didn't let my go through myself go through that stage of like being bad and like having a lot of stuff that didn't work. You know what I mean? Cause I never saw the practice room that a lot of those people were, were shedding in where they did stuff that didn't work cause they got to try it out. And you know, I feel like, um, you know, if you're if you're starting out when you're older, this is probably 
you know, everyone's mm-hmm. different. But for 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 those of you who are nervous, like I was, and like self critical, you just have to like be cool with sucking yeah. for a little bit. <laughs> you know, that is true for a long time. <laughs> yep. Oh yeah, definitely. It doesn't, you know, especially with all this Instagram and instant people go on, and you think it's supposed to be like that out the gate. It's like no. You don't right. see behind the scenes what people went through to get there. <laughs> yeah. There's so much behind the scenes. There's like, I mean, even like the analogy of the tip of the iceberg is like an exaggeration when you're talking about like Instagram. Like you didn't see all the years in school. And then, of course, you didn't see the like 40 other takes exactly. or whatever. You know what I mean? <laughs> so and you're only getting a minute of it. You know what I mean? So like, yeah, I feel like that's and that's something that I didn't really struggle with because I was like, I'm 31 now. Right. Um, so I didn't really have that thing where like I, I was aware of like other people on social media who did all this stuff. I was like, I was pretty isolated in the beginning. And I feel like kids these days I feel like they kind of have it a little harder because you know you're kind of you're keeping up with the Joneses at a way earlier exactly. age than when I was growing up yeah and you know you're 12 and you see these five-year-old prodigies you know, oh my god I'm behind it's like no you're 12 <laughs> <laughs> right right relax so I'm sure this interview will get people very interested more cellists will come to the forefront because of this oh just tell just quickly what was your first cello if you don't mind saying um, you mean like a, the make and the model? Sure, and stuff? if you don't mind saying or the, what what was it or you got it oh, for Christmas? Not at all, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I, okay, so, um, my parents were like, we're like middle class, like pretty, pretty middle, mm-hmm. middle class. But my parents both, uh, they didn't make like a whole ton of money. So we were always in sort of like Tina Go, who was one of my, um, she's a colleague now, but as I was growing up, she was one of my, uh, inspirations, cello inspiration. She's, she's wonderful. She's a cool person. She's a very hard worker, all that stuff. Um, but she, uh, what was I saying? What was I talking about? Uh, the, the cello, your first cello, how you got oh, it. Oh, the cello. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So she, she talks about this thing called like a poor mindset, right? Where you're like constantly like saving and being really like frugal. And my parents were totally like that. So they never bought me any like big presents and I and I told them for like two years, I was like, I don't want any birthday presents or Christmas presents. Like I'll save that all that up, all the like present credit, I'll save it for like two or three years, whatever it takes, and just get me like one pretty good cello. So they got me um it's it, the brand name is Friends Younger and it's the brand the the it's the name of the cello for this t- little shop in Lakewood, California called Maury's mm-hmm. Music. So that's sort of like their their label that they put on their handmade instrument. So it was like a local store. Um, the cello was like sixteen hundred dollars, and if you're if you know what's up with cellos, it's like a pretty cheap cello. But it was it got me through college and everything. Hey. And so that's what I played on. Yeah, it was um it was a nice little cello. Like for the price, it's actually pretty good, and I still use it as like my spare cello sometimes if I have gigs that are like out by the ocean or. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's fine. I like to tell the listeners, don't get caught up that you have to get the most expensive thing. Just get something and start. Oh, totally. Just start. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's um. so there's a, another podcast that I really like. Um, uh, it's run by one of the guys at MI and then Bruce Foreman, who's the guitar professor at USC. Mm-hmm. And he has this um, he's kind of this, like he, he plays this character of like a crotchety old man all the time. And one of the things he says is um, 
burn to learn, don't learn to burn. Like, <laughs> so he like, he's always saying like, don't worry about the gear, just learn your craft. Exactly. And I totally agree with exactly. that. Exactly, exactly. Well, Michelle, I so appreciate you being with us today. Could you tell all of our listeners how to reach you, where to follow you? Uh, yeah, sure. So my Instagram name is Michelle Pacmancello. Um, I also have a website, michellepacmancello.com. All right, you guys, that is Michelle Pacman. I know all of you want to get cellos now, so save up and go get one. Uh, <laughs> it was an amazing guest. I thank you all for listening. And Michelle, again, thank you. Until next time. Thank you so Later. much. Thank you very You're much. You're very welcome. Hey, Riff Girl, we're ready for you. Happy Holidays here from Jenny Jam and the Fret Sisters. Here's another segment of Riff Girl, the Holiday Edition. I'm playing Silent Night in B-flat major. Hope you enjoy. If you want to learn more about this lick, hit us up on Facebook or Instagram at Fret Sisters or email us at fretsistersmusic at gmail.com. Peace and love.